I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is JC and Morgan. Welcome, everybody. Good Monday morning to you. Yes, we do broadcast this live, although many of you listen to it later on at your convenience throughout the week. That is the beauty of modern technology. He's JC Sherbert. Speaking of modern technology, he's in Chicago. Uh, I am Mike Morgan. I'm actually in Gainesville, uh, getting ready for a couple of things a basketball game in a couple of days and going to the, uh, the third annual Spurrier Awards here tonight, uh, which I'll get into uh, later. Also, speaking of later, we've got Tom Luganbill, our buddy, joining us later to talk about a lot of stuff. We've got um, – <laughs> we're trying to book these guests, and and the great thing is they want to do it. And that's a great thing is working everybody's schedule is always a – it's like a, a jigsaw puzzle. But Ross Dellinger will be with us. He was supposed to be with us today. He thought we meant tomorrow. Uh, Pete Thamel will be with us next week. He's at the NFL Combine. So we'll we'll get all these things lined up, but Tom Luganbill, as always, is one of our, I guess you could say, friends of the J.C. and Morgan family. Always oh, yeah. brings the heat. Him and Brando, like two of our favorites, and uh, we'll have a lot to get into. We'll get into J.C. five in the final segment. I, I, J.C., I was um, I was hosting a, a show in Atlanta last week, the afternoon show, Chuck and Chernoff with Chuck Oliver, who we need to get back on here too. Uh, as he likes to call himself the king of college football. He does a great job covering college football. And, and typically this time of year, if you're hosting a show, it's, it's a four-hour show, and it's, we don't take phone calls. You know, uh, that's, that's kind of like a crutch for a lot of hosts. You don't come prepared, just walk in. All right, let's go to the phones. Got Bill on a car phone. Billy, what's up? Yeah, yeah. Chuck, they don't take calls, do they? Not, not, right. We don't take a single call. And every the way that show is produced, like every segment – we tease to it, and we have an agenda. Like, we know what we're talking about. 
And so um, I, I've been filling in on that show for years. And, and typically this time of year, right, the Super Bowl's come and gone. College football playoffs come and gone. It used to be where I would say 80% of the show would be NFL draft. I mentioned the combine is is this week. Uh, and, of course, you know, the Falcons are sitting there with the eight pick, and there's talk about trades, and, you know, you've got the possibility of a trade for Justin Fields, which obviously affect, would affect where you are, J.C., uh, will, the, will the Falcons make a Bryce Young-type trade and, and give away two first-round picks, two second-round you know, mortgage your whole future on perhaps taking the number one pick in Caleb Williams? There's a lot of moving parts, and you know I'm, I have a weird obsession with the NFL draft, have since the early 90s, so I, I, I'm always up for talking that. And then a lot of it would be brave spring training. And, but we talked a ton of college football, and – the the reason is, and it goes back to what we say so often on this show, uh, there is no more offseason. There just is not. Uh, and there are some major things going on behind the scenes. I mean, the fact that, J.C., I don't know how you took this. When I heard all of a sudden after the, whatever you call it, playoff committee, blah, 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 when they decided to go with 12 in the 5 plus 7 model, that we knew. And then all of a sudden, this little thing comes out. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, they actually were talking about 14 teams. And they were talking about the possibility of four automatic bids for certain conferences. Well, we know what those certain conferences are. It's the SEC and the Big Ten. But you could have as many as eight automatic bids from those two leagues, and then the other six will figure out. Uh, I mean, like, we are... Brando said it on our show a year ago. He's like, you guys wait. When they go to 12, it's going to be 16 two years later. Yeah. Well, they're already talking about 14, so he, he might have been a, a prophet in, uh, in that respect. But between, between that and all the subject of the portal, now there's discussion. Can we just get rid of all that stuff in December uh, in terms of player acquisition just or, or, or have it right before the conference championship games? JC, I know you have a – close eye on that because you still cover recruiting somewhat Absolutely. so i mean these are major moving parts that we have going on right now in college football in the, in the quote unquote slow part of the year yeah absolutely that uh and uh there's a tweet from josh pate that i'm going to get into either with lose or the jc5 that talks about conference semifinals and things of that nature uh, in other words big 10 sec going to 20 to 24 teams dividing into divisions and then structuring what would be a smaller college football playoff that way, where there's play-ins on the conference level. Uh, I think once these once they get past sixteen teams, Mike, I'm kind of in favor of that, just because I think it's you know what other sport has twenty four teams, one through twenty four, and goes one. The tiebreakers are going to end up being the source of controversy, and these days everybody's so happy. You know, some the, the the Big Ten or SEC may get sued one day uh, over uh, an athletic director vote for the conference uh, number two. I mean, it's crazy. We live in a crazy world, and I think it makes it even crazier. But there's stuff like that going on. You mentioned the calendar. Uh, I guess the only uh, moving back high school signing to before the conference championship games. Uh oh. JC just went uh, Han Solo. He got frozen. Was that Jabba the Hutt? Who did this? Oh, he's more than frozen. 
he be gone. He's coming back. Lando Carissian is going to help him. That's about as many Star Wars references as I have. <laughs> I don't, I'm not exactly a Star Wars nerd and haven't seen any of those movies in 20 years. There that he is sucked. back. We, we thought him out just like, just like they did uh, Han Solo. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, I had that stuff. I was in the middle of, I'm just going to talk in smaller, shorter sentences now until um, I actually you sound great. Ver- you sound great. Well, yeah, I, went, I, mean, I got my mic set up good. Camera looks good. But I actually went to Verizon mic and got their home Internet. They're giving like a free trial or something. And so I just I'm going to do it today. I should have done it before JC or had a, had a nice restful weekend. Right. Uh, uh, so I'm, I'm going to get I'm going to get back to where I have my own uh, 5G in my office to connect to. And, you know, cause we got boys and, and they get on game. Like nowadays, PlayStation, all that stuff, streaming, uh, it all connects to your soaks your up a lot of uh, bandwidth. Yeah. yeah. So my bad on that, but uh, yeah, there's a lot going on. And uh, with the calendar specifically, I, I don't know. I do. I, do I think moving the high school signing date back two weeks is going to matter? Probably not. There's very little activity that goes on then. Uh, what it does do is completely screw new coaching staffs because they're they're going to actually take jobs on signing day. You know, I mean, think about this. It's going to back up all the coaching carousel stuff, mm. uh, which I think is an overrated topic. People get fired mid-season, and you still, with very few exceptions, very few exceptions, like an Urban Meyer, Ohio State kind of deal, very few exceptions that they not drag into December anyway. So, uh, we'll see what happens there, but uh, certainly a lot going on, like you said, and looking forward to hashing it all out, especially with our boy Lugs. I, I, I want to say one thing on this subject quickly because um, I, I, I think all the, the college football fan bases out there, if you're a fan of a particular school, you certainly keep up with college basketball as well. And we had another court storming incident. So this is just a quick aside. I, I've been in several arenas where we're calling a game and all of a sudden the court is stormed. And so I've been on the on the the front lines of that where you're like ducking and just hoping some, you know, uh Pike or Sig Ep doesn't decide to use you as a hurdle to leapfrog onto the court. It it, it can be a little chaotic. I will say that. I've never like feared for my life or anything. Um, but I've seen a number of these. Heck, the most recent one that almost happened, we had a situation calling a game Tennessee at Mississippi State this year. Mississippi State was ready to, to storm. And what happened was there was a whistle. Um, it stopped the clock at like 0.5 seconds. It's one of those where everybody thinks the game is over. Wait a minute. No, it's not. There's a, there's a few ticks left. So we, they went back, and, and, and that gave an extra time for the security to warden off any potential court storm. This this is newsworthy. It's going to be talked about. It already has ad nauseum since Filipowski, the Duke player, got banged up uh, on a court storm. And you got in that but combined with the Caitlin Clark situation a couple weeks ago. Um, I have and, – and this does translate to football because how do you get fined now if you're like in the SEC? You storm the court, you storm the field. Um those are both SEC fines. What is it, 100000 give or take? I, I can't – it doesn't matter because they all have the money to cut the check. It's not a deterrent per se. Really, it comes down to, as a school, do you want to allow the fans 
I mean, who could forget Tennessee beating Alabama two years ago, tearing down the goalposts and bringing it over to the river, right? Like, I mean, it is really cool. And TV's a big part of it because it looks really cool on TV, right? If you just read about a court storm or a field storm and tearing down the goalposts, if this was like back in, you know, the 1950s, and then an unruly fan base for the Southern Cal Trojans came down, and oh boy, things got a little bit out of hand, and uh, Johnny took the goalpost and he threw it down. Uh, they, see? Yeah, I tell you, see? Hey, uh, this those, is Scoop Thompson here live up from the press box and the bird's eye view of the stadium. Those rapscallions, they got a little bit unruly. Um, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't quite... I don't think I've ever used that word. Um, it doesn't quite translate well in print, but on TV, damn it, it looks good. And so coaches and administrators have known that the PR, the positive PR you get outweighs cutting a check for a hundred grand. It just does. So now if the only thing that was going to truly put an end to it, and we're talking both sports here, would be if somebody, if a player gets hurt or if just like a massive brawl breaks out. And we've had, we have had situations where somebody's run onto a field and they got clocked on a field, on a court. There's been videos of that. That hasn't been enough to stop it. This I'm afraid, uh, and I don't have a hot take on this one. There's nuance to everything. I've always been like, if you control it, like if you just get ahead of it, there's a way to do this and make sure that a, a block of security guards are all around the opposing team and ain't nobody getting near them. We used to have a thing called law and order, right? Like you just, you just, you make sure you can, you can, you can eliminate this stuff. It's not that difficult, but we don't do enough to make sure that the opposing team, the visiting team is completely secure. So when you don't do that and you leave coaches and players in harm's way, that is a one-way ticket to get rid of this for good. And I, I'm afraid that's where we might be headed. Uh, I've always been one, like, you know, it, it is a cool thing, and I don't want to see it be eliminated, but if you can't be responsible enough with your security staff to – and there was a, it was complete – of course, I haven't stormed the court much in Winston-Salem here lately – uh, they haven't had much, but Coach Forbes is re- that's a really good hire. Um, I had him at the SoCon Championship years ago when he won that at Chattanooga. Like that's a great hire, and he's taken a moribund program, and they're good. By the way, they were favored in that game. That's the other thing. Do you really storm a court or a field when you're a one and a half point favorite? I don't know. That that seems to me to be a little weak. Um, uh, he's East Tennessee, Mike. By the way, uh, I'm sorry, I said Lamont Paris came. Lamont Paris, yeah, that's, I'm, that's I'm, get, I'm getting my directional uh, Tennessee hey, schools confused. They're easy to mix up, believe. Me. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, I, I just um, that that's been like a hot topic, and again, you're going to get a lot of people that are just easily uh, right away like a magnet flock to this has got to be eliminated entirely. This was always a terrible idea. This is dangerous. This is awful. Da 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 da. I, I, there's a there's a possibility there's a little nuance here in that there is you could have all of this JC but just make sure you do a better job of protecting the visiting team but I, I I'm afraid with this latest with all the attention this is getting and the Caitlin Cor- we might they might just come out and say hell no it's over never Don't think about it. storming the court of the field again 
Yeah, ring the the court of the field with security at the end or whatever. But look, I, I think it comes down to personal responsibility. Uh, and I think these days in our social media world where human beings are accustomed to being able to say or do anything they want without consequence and not getting punched in the face, I think that plays into it, especially when you're talking about intoxicated college kids, man. Yeah. We all were in college at once. I assume we all were intoxicated when we were in college at one time. And uh, there's a whole lot of bravery <laughs> that gets injected into your veins. Uh, and I just think it's stupid. Why? I mean, you just won the game. Why are you going to sit there and try to – you know, run into or shove an opposing player, even put your hands on them. Uh, and then I also think, you know, hey, look, you, there there is nuance. First of all, preach personal responsibility. Uh, second of all, uh, you know, get that security. I mean, in football, there's five, six state troopers that take the opposing coach off the field in normal circumstances. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, you may need to beef that up a little bit. Maybe you need to think about basketball, but we'll get to that. I mean, that, it, it is. I, I agree with you completely. There is some. There is a way to thread the needle and, and make it do some preventative work, preach some personal responsibility, say, look, this is not cool, you know, yeah. and and if you do this, you're going to jail. OK, you're going to jail for assault and we are uh, the home team's going to press charges. You know, we're going to press charges on you um, yeah. and maybe that would do it. But who knows? I know yeah. Lugs is in. So let's uh, let's roll with that. But, yeah, you're right. Well, all right. Let's let's get a quick break in. Right. Are we we taking a quick break? Oh, yeah, quick break. Yeah, let's get a quick break in. We'll get to Lugs, ESPN's own, one of our favorite uh, friends of the program, and then also the JC5 coming up in the final segment. Lots to get to on this Monday morning installment of JC JC and Morgan after a quick timeout. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in southern soil, are crafted by southern hands, and proudly represent the south in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the south. Hey, folks, want to tell you about our friends at Titan Construction Group really quick. They're a mid-Atlantic-based general contractor, specializes in retail, restaurant, and office construction. TCG strives to separate itself from other general contractors by adding value every step of the process. From project budgeting to estimation, value engineering to construction, they focus on those relationships and not the transaction. Titan builds partnerships one project at a time. Among their clients are Starbucks, Crumble Cookie, uh, Blake Pizza, Home Goods, 15 plus years experience based in Midlothian, Virginia, and contracted in Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, and South Carolina. So get on their website, TitanCGInc.com. That's TitanCGInc.com. Get in touch with Brad if you're in need of a general contractor that focuses on going above and beyond for their clients. That's Titan Construction Group, a proud sponsor of the JC and Morgan podcast. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. 
If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured. They provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998. Or you can go to Elite Roofing GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we are back. It is JC and Morgan here on this Monday morning. Mike Morgan uh, currently in Gainesville, Florida, and uh, JC Sherbert in Chicago, and Tom Luganville, I assume, is in Charlotte. Either that or a really swanky hotel that just happens to have a Jaws uh, frame picture behind him. <laughs> Luke's, you'd be proud of me, Luke's. So, so I'm here. I've got uh, two basketball games. I'm going to a, a, a coaching banquet tonight hosted by Spurrier. He, he does this thing and does a great job now for the third year in a row. By the way, Steve hadn't lost his touch. I ran into him at dinner last night, and uh, one of the people with him reminded me, and Steve just kind of looked over and nodded his head like, do you know Billy Napier, in order to match what Steve did at Florida in his 12 years in Gainesville, would have to go 81-4? and four. 81 and 4 to match where to match where Steve was at the end of 12 years of yeah that's right I mean Steve is he doesn't miss a number now he, no. he does not so but I had I had some free time uh and I'm just sitting here in a in a, a hotel and I go to the gym and sometimes when I go to the gym I don't like to just have music I like to just put a podcast or some, take a deep dive get ready for this Luke's you and I are, are in agreement jaws is that is if not the best, one of the best movies of all times, right? Seen it a thousand, yeah, there you go. Seen it a thousand times, could rewrite the script if you wanted me to, if Spielberg needs help. Um, but Jaws 2, Jaws 2, not quite near as good, but for a sequel, it's not bad, right? I like, agree. I most sequels underrated. are awful. Yeah. So I do a deep dive. Three is where it lost me. Three is three, where it lost uh, me. No, th yeah, three yeah, and yeah, Revenge are just right. terrible. 
Those are a personal. Uh, those that are an abomination to the brand. But Jaws two, not bad. So there's this guy, and I can't remember his handle. It's this British guy, and all he does is do is deep dives on Jaws, and he'll interview former cast members. Okay. So he's interviewing all the teenagers that were in that movie. Oh yeah. And he's talking about the movie, and I didn't realize this. They, uh, Roy Scheider, wanted no part of that movie. It was a package deal. When Yes, when they signed him to do Jaws 1, they said you also have to do Jaws 2 and Jaws 3. So he figured he could get out of that contract. And they said, no, 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 no. So he had just done Marathon Man. Like, Roy Scheider was becoming a true movie oh, yeah. star. He wasn't just Chief Brody at that point. He had to pass up on a little movie called The Deer Hunter to do Jaws 2. So he was going to be in The Deer Hunter, which is like an Oscar movie, with De Niro and um, Christopher Walken, Christopher Walken, and then the guy who was in Godfather One and Two. Yeah, it was uh, Fredo who did it while he had cancer. He did yeah. it while he had cancer. That's right. I think Meryl Streep was in that too. I think you're right. He was he was dating Meryl Streep at the time. Uh, so so he had to pass up on that to do this movie with a bunch of teenagers on sailboats being chased by a mechanical shark and a, a supposedly. He couldn't have been more difficult to work with. Him and the director would get in fights. He would do a scene, and then in between scenes, he would take off his shirt and put one of those little like aluminum things to help get sun. He'd always working on his tan. <laughs> and it was kind of his way of saying, blank you. I don't need yeah. to be a part of this garbage movie. <laughs> I should be in the deer hunter right now. <laughs> See, you had that. You had... All these teenagers. So I'm, this is my deep dive over the weekend. Jaws 2, not Jaws 1, but the making of Jaws 2. Hey, the, the helicopter scene is actually pretty good. It is good, yes, where the, right. he tries to save the kids, and then the, the shark eats the helicopter and the, the, the pilot. That, that, was, that, that actually part was really Now, not, not to take a far right turn here, but I'm going to anyway. Now, your microphone's a little low. Let me just warn you. It is. You. My microphone is oh, low. You're, yeah, you're good now. You just need to get closer to it. It's you good. just need to get a little closer a little to closer. it. Right. we got JC hot, and we got you low, and I'm somewhere in the middle. Sorry. So let's all okay. just get synergized. So we've got I'll it back. all covered. We've got it all covered. we got it all covered. <laughs> the varying degrees of audible. So I'll try to speak up then. Um, I was listening to you guys before you went to break on the whole court and field storming thing. Yeah. And I have to remind y'all, there wasn't a damn person there to protect me at Duke against Clemson. That's right. Opening game on Labor Day night. That's right. I I will say this, guys. That was, in my 10 years on the field, that was my maybe fifth or sixth field storm. Yeah. But what made it so hilarious is that those Duke kids, they let them on the field. With three minutes to go in the game, right? That did, that was not a field storming when the clock went to zero, and everybody jumps over the wall. Right. If you go back and you can you can actually Google it, and I'm standing on the white of the sideline, and there's probably five thousand Duke uh, students standing on the field behind me and up, up above in the stands, and not one of them stepped foot on that field until that game was over with. Right. Like, I don't know how they had the discipline, the wherewithal, but it was like, all right, well, we're going to storm the field, but in in the utmost level of respect, we're going to wait for that clock to go to zero, and then we're going to behave ourselves. It was was bizarre, guys. 
Do they still have the track around that field, no. Wallace Wade? Okay, last uh, time I went, lowered, yeah, lowered the stand. They've actually done a great job with it. Like their scoreboard's phenomenal, their press box is phenomenal. It's obviously it's a one level stadium, but they did add some when they took the track out. They've actually done a really good job with that. But yeah, I was just listening to your guys' commentary because I know it's been an issue in basketball and and obviously in football and, and things of that nature. But uh, you know, it, it's like everybody so badly wants to be a part of something. Right. Mm -hmm. And they don't they let that overshadow their conduct and their decorum. And to your point, JC, like we're in a, a society right now where there is no accountability. Hey, just go do whatever you want. There's no consequences. You know, no, no. Big, so it's no wonder that when something like this happens, everybody's more willing to do it because they don't believe any, there's going to be any consequence for their actions. We're also in a mob mentality uh, state of mind where, like, these kids would never do it if it was 10 people storming, right? No. But, but when you're with a couple of thousand, you feel like you can get away with anything. I mean, that's what we've seen the last few years. Like, you just, just travel in, in herds and do whatever the hell you want, and there's no consequences. And so all it it's the same thing as, as anything else in life. All it takes is a couple, a couple of idiots to ruin it for everybody else. So if, if you could trust that all the students would actually storm, it's not just students. There are some alums that do this too. Oh, yeah. Uh, then, then it would be fine. Just stay away from any – if you see somebody with a, an opposing uniform, get the hell out of the way. Yeah. Don't even yeah. get close. It's on you. It's not their responsibility to get a, out of your yeah. way. It's They're your responsibility. Right, they're supposed to be there. Uh, I mean, like Filipowski didn't do anything wrong. He's just trying to walk off the court. So I, I, I think this one, and you know, we already have football stadiums. I think Clemson's one where like the goalposts are electronic, so they hit a button and they automatically go down to the they field, so down. you can't yeah. you you can't tear them down because the biggest concern used to be in football. What if somebody tears down a goal pro, a goalpost and it hits somebody in the head and Kill. kills them? Right, yeah. that's a lawsuit waiting well, to happen. And, and the interesting thing about Clemson, you can go on the field after the game. Yeah, every anytime. game. Yeah, yeah. They, they did. And they're actually when they storm the field, you don't really hear anything about anything bad happening because they're kind of used to it. Uh, yeah. And then of course, South Carolina fans stormed the field in two and twenty twenty two when when they were there, and that's kind of nice if you're an opposing fan base <laughs> because they let everybody else all there. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Why not your rival? So, yeah, uh, yeah that's uh, it's an interesting thing. I think it all definitely comes down to we live in a time where the, the word personal response, the phrase, it's two words. Personal responsibility is a bad word. People don't, nobody, you talk about, you know, in, in education, uh, you know, nobody wants to sit there and talk about it. It's almost weird that it's that that's such a staple of American culture or has been for 200 years. And now all of a sudden, we don't, you know, oh no, we can't, we can't focus on that. We got to focus no. on things that, that really don't matter. And, 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 and it's always like somebody else's fault. Oh yeah. Yeah. Blame it on somebody else yeah. or an institution right. or a group of people. Uh, it's yeah. ridiculous. So anyway, Tom, I was, I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say who, who could forget the, the field storm when we called that thriller at Kent state when the last <laughs> second field goal over Western Michigan. I mean, I know I was afraid for my safety on a little midweek um, action. <laughs> Ten years ago, during that uh, bad boy, Dang uh, <laughs> golden flashes, man. Yeah, man. Right. Uh, Tom and I know the magic of the Mac uh, oh. in person, and I'll tell you when. And and this is I'm not taking a dig at the Mac. We I, I love doing those games. Um, 
and, and, and have enjoyed my service time in the Mac. But it really does help you appreciate what what the power now four schools have versus what oh. some of the Group Five are dealing with. As I've said before, Tom, it's not Power Five, Group Five. To me, it's more like Group Five is the new one double A because they are yeah. so far behind financially, and therefore they they oh, yeah. really can't even compete anymore. And we're we're seeing that widen by the moment. Well, we're we're also seeing it widen because the transfer portal is going to make it worse. Because the really good coaches and coaching staffs in those leagues, Conference USA, the MAC, the Sun Belt, that have gone out and identified late bloomers and guys that are going to develop into something. And let's just say they play early for them. And the next thing you know, they're a redshirt sophomore. Guess what? They put all the work into that guy. And now that guy goes into the transfer portal and is playing for a Power 5 school mm-hmm. his last two years. So you're even further decimating their roster. Because replacing that type of player at the group of five or at the, at the group of five level is not the same as replacing him at an elite power five school mm-hmm. where the drop off is much more minimal. When you're a developmental program, which all group of five schools are, and you lose a great player, that's going to hit you much harder with that next guy plugging in because he's not there yet. He may be there. He's just not right. there right now. Yeah, you're rushing guys onto the field, you know, in that situation unless you go. <laughs> Raid FCS. FCS rosters are so small. You, you're, you know, you, you get, you can get one or two. Uh, I think from FCS, there's, there's great players all over the place. Uh, as a lot of people don't realize, you know, sometimes in the portal these days, you'll see a team take a kid from FCS or group of five, and he's actually better than the five star that transferred out. Uh, of yeah, that right. Yeah, you're like, Especially wow, the skill spots. Oh yeah, the skill spots. Look, no, look at no how play. badly North Carolina wanted Tez Walker. Speaking of the MAC, there's a kid yeah. from the MAC. And uh, once he goes to North Carolina, he's immediately their number one wide receiver. It's not even close for Drake May in that in that offense. Second so, rounder, first rounder, too. Uh, I yeah. Had, I had App State midweek in the Sun Belt uh, this year and talking with Coach Sean Clark, and I'm watching this kid on tape. I can't remember his name. He's number 90. He's about six five and a half. I know who you're talking about. Probably Nate, about Nate. 260. What's that? Uh, oh, is he the big end that they have, Nate yeah, Johnson? Yeah, big defensive end. Yeah, Nate, that's him. He was wearing number 90, and I'm standing there in pregame warm-up with Sean Clark. I'm like, good luck keeping him. Yeah. He's like, he just throws his shoulders up. He's like, I know. Like, what am I, what am I, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> he's actually coming back to App State. I know a little bit about Is him. He's he, from did he Ga- go back? Good for yeah, him. He's from Gaffney, South Carolina. Yeah, Unless something happens Gaffney, in the, the second yep. portal. Dude, he was a player that my friend at Florida State that works in personnel begged their staff to take. They wouldn't take him. South Carolina didn't take him. Clemson didn't take him. He goes to App, and as a redshirt or maybe a true freshman. No, he was a true freshman. That guy's a freak, man. I mean, he is a complete freak. And I'm like sitting there going, why? What in the? I mean, he's a a Carolina's defensive lineman. That's a box that, that. I, I, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe the maybe he was a little quicker, but yeah, Nate Johnson fans. Yeah, keep an eye on this guy yeah. moving forward because he's the name. Um, Luke's. We we were talking in the in the A block about just all the things that are going on. You know, college football truly mirrors the NFL in a number of ways, including there is no off season, and I guess that's kind of good for us because it, we always have stuff to talk about. I mean, there's always major things going on including uh, all the talk about the playoff and I thought it was a a more than subtle storyline that yeah the five plus seven models approved da, da, da. oh by the way while they were talking about that and approving it they also mentioned they wanted 14 
And the potential of four automatic bids from certain conferences, we certainly know which conferences those are. I'll give you a hint. It's not the Sun Belt and it's not the Big 12. Uh, And so it's clear that the moving parts are still moving when it like we'll we'll look at this current format for two years and then there's going to be dare i say significant changes after that just your thoughts on the whole situation well the one thing that we don't know yet and we're going to find out is is anybody capable of being a seed from eight to twelve of actually running that gauntlet and getting in a position to win a national championship what it is going to take roster-wise is going to not only have to have massive, massive talent and depth, you're going to have to avoid injury, right? You're going to have to have superior quarterback play to even have a chance of beating a Georgia or, you know, an Alabama or an Ohio State if you're seed 8 through 12 because you're going to have to play so many games to get there that I don't know how, how, how your roster is going to become strong enough Mike, I did a couple of SCS playoffs this year, and I had South Dakota State who ended up winning the whole entire thing. And, you know, they only have 63 scholarship players. So they're playing with way fewer guys. And that is an absolute battle of attrition to get through the FCS playoff with the amount of teams that they have. There's a reason why there's only been, what, two teams in the entire country, two or three teams in the entire country, win the national championship like the last 10 years at the FCS level because you have to be built so different to be able to pull that off. And I don't see how that's going to change under, under this new model. I, I, I uh, you know, if a Cincinnati is going to be there, a UCF is going to be there, uh, a Utah, uh, we, we, we could go up and down the list of some teams that could pop in there here and there to beat a Georgia or to beat Ohio State, you're going to have to win at least two, if not three games, just to have the opportunity to play that game. And you're not manned, in my opinion, to be able to do that top to bottom in terms of talent and depth. So the question is going to be, how many more blowouts are we going to see in the early rounds in comparison to what we saw in this first iteration of the college football playoff? Because outside of this last cycle, there was only one or two semifinal games that were not a blowout. And that's supposed to be the top four. What happens when we pit Georgia, who would have been six this year, against 12 or seven versus 11? What what happens? Mm -hmm. And so I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with that. I think think what you're looking at is it's going to be kind of interesting. And people – I don't think the fact that first round is going to campus sites is being talked about enough. And I think that eventually will be something that's going to lead to expansion because – you win the SEC, and let's say you're Alabama and you beat Georgia. Well, Georgia now gets a home game for losing, and yeah. Athens is crazy again, you know, and, and they're all yeah. fired up. Uh, Notre Dame gets a home game regardless, you know, and, and I think those are going to become more valuable. But I, I, I think, Tom, the first round I think is going to be pretty doggone intriguing. I mean, if you look at it last year, we'd have like Ole Miss and Penn State. Uh, you know, games sure. like that, 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 you know, in the seven, 10, eight, nines, just like the basketball term. Sure. I think it's border line for major bowls, not, not the, 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 not just the semis, you know, all mm-hmm. the, the quote unquote playoff bowls are now involved. So you're going to have citrus or I'm sorry, cotton, uh, peach, right. whatever, but one versus eight or, or, or four versus four versus five, probably maybe 12, maybe 12 upsets, five. 
and I think depending on how many upsets we do have in the first round, like teams going and winning road games because those teams are evenly matched, is yeah. going to impact the level of uh, level of uh, I guess competitiveness of those games because there there is a bigger gap in my opinion between one and seven than there is between seven and twelve in most totally instances. Agree. Totally yeah, and, so, well, and, 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 saying that 12 is not the group of five thing. But, I mean, think about this. Right. Florida State, uh, and I know Liberty got waxed, but Florida State this year, because of what happened to their quarterback yeah. situation, they're hosting Liberty, you know, with the quarterback situation like the Knowles had. That's a scary game, I would think, <laughs> in the first round. Um, yeah. So, I, 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 but I'm with you. Like, you're going to have all this hype for the first round, a lot of great games, and then it's going to die in the quarters and and, and yeah. that's going to be the key yeah I, I i couldn't agree with you more because that there is a big gap between one and seven and everybody else and that's why everybody's wanting to expand and i'm like okay well ask yourself this question i understand we're, tr- we're, we're we want access involved in this process whether you agree or disagree with that this is a billion with a b proposition now right it used to be what 475 million was the contract at espn now mm. it's going to be way over a billion don't kid yourself. This is all. This is all about money, and but those those teams. I, I have to ask myself: Are there actually twelve teams that could win the national championship? No. I mean, are there really? No. Are there eight? Maybe. Mm. Maybe I think it's much more realistic that there are eight, but twelve. Come on. I I think it's. I, I agree with you 100%, but I don't think that's the way they look at it. Um, no, I mean, you mentioned don't. money. It's like the basketball tournament. Are there 68 teams truly capable of even making the Final Four? The answer is no. Like, we have Cinderella's, which is yeah. great, and basketball lends itself to the upset much more than college football. Absolutely. You can have an FAU and a San Diego State in basketball. You can't have that in college football. It doesn't happen. It's the most predictable sport uh, that we have at the top every year. Like yeah. a bear, bear, our friend Barrett Salee just came up with like a projected 12-team playoff. And, yeah. he, and, of course, the top four seeds are the conference champions. So what does he have? He's got Georgia. He's got Ohio State. Does it sound familiar? He has Clemson in the ACC. <laughs> and because the Big 12 is about to lose Texas and Oklahoma, he's got Oklahoma State. So that's like the one new fresh blood, if you will, yeah. in all that. I, I think the bigger motivation for this is obviously money. Like that's a no-brainer. But it, it, it's it's the inclusion aspect, and so people say like, sure. well, why does why does a Tulane and why does why do the American and the Sun Belt why are they so adamant about getting an automatic bid? Which I'm convinced is the only reason Tom why they're there is the threat of litigation. You you can't convince me otherwise. They didn't no, want to deal with I'm the with potential, you. right? I, I, we need to do a whole show one day. It'll bore everybody to tears. But I want to learn about antitrust exemption because I keep hearing that thrown around. And I used to hear it with Major League Baseball, but it's a real thing, and it mm-hmm. it does make people very scary in the litigious world that we live in. But but just to say that they made it, so you get the money, and then you get to say you know you get you print out T-shirts like Tulane twenty twenty four college football playoff, you put up a a banner something. It is a big deal for those schools just it to is. say they got there. I, I'll make another analogy in basketball. If you make it to a Final Four and then lose by 30 points in the Final Four, guess what? Yeah. There's still a banner that says Final Four 2020. Right. So mm-hmm. in football, 
there's enough motivation. It, it it's not a it's not a written uh, uh, proclamation that hey, twelve teams, fourteen teams can truly win it all. We all know that's not the case, but yeah. they believe that it's it's better to have more inclusion in the process. Yeah, and and, and I, I'm fine for that. I'm, I'm I'm here for all of the games. The more football, the, the better. I, I right. mean, I, I really am. Um, I think getting to that point, and we'd have to get on uh, on another time to talk about this topic, but we've got to clean up the calendar in order to make that advantageous for everybody, whether it's the portal, whether it's signing day, having to prepare for a college football playoff game, all those sorts of things have got to get ironed out. we got to have, we, we got to get out of the muddy water there and then be able to move forward. And, and, I, and I'll, I'll leave you with this guys. I mean, the news that came out Friday, and I'm sorry, I'm going to have to hop off here in a couple yeah, of minutes. Sure. But the news that came no, out, no, that was, that was my question earlier about the lawsuit. Yeah. Oh, no. I Did his clock just away. expire? Well, that... He wasn't getting When he goes dark, Man, he goes the ghost in the machine don't like us this time. To this well, it, well is that the... Is that the... Is he on, like, a 40-minute clock he limit? He timed, timed himself. <laughs> I gotta jump off. All right. <laughs> nah. Well, I wanted to give him a final thing, is give him a chance to he promote He was gonna leave us doing. with that. I was like, yeah. yeah. That was my question earlier. That's a cliffhanger. That thing, and I was like, oh. That's a, for those well, who don't know, I was going to ask about the lawsuit. The, the, a judge filed an injunction against the NCAA mm-hmm. and said, you can't keep NIL collectives from going and recruiting athletes in, in high is. school or, or the portal. So, they, yeah, take it away, Luke. My, uh, the, uh, we've had ghosts on the machine today. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. What, what I was going to say is, you know, the, the news that came out on Friday with the NCAA and, and, and you know, the name, image, and likeness, and now, you know, it, it, you, you can't enforce it against high school recruiting. And everybody is saying, oh, they're, they're complaining and bitching about, you know, the coach is not being happy about it and this and that. It's not that they're not happy about the fact that this world we're living in now includes name, image, and likeness and the transfer portal and things of that nature. What they're unhappy about is there's no model to actually navigate it. There's, there's no proposition to govern it. There's no blueprint to be able to work down the path to figure out how are we going to police it? How do the rules apply to all? How do you enforce the rules, whatever rules we decide that we are going to have? This is what we are doing right now. Is This is the equivalent of at any time in the National Football League. Every single moment of the year, at the end of the season, the Denver Broncos say, you know what, Patrick, we, we're going to pay you uh, this much money, Patrick Ohong. We want you to come over here and play for the Denver Broncos. And, oh, oh by the way, Puka Nakua, we, we, you had a great year. We're going to pay you. We want you to come. And they just get to walk away, mm-hmm. right? They, they, they don't owe the team anything. There's no compensation. There's no buyout. They just get to walk away with, with the freedom to not have to be accountable for anything at all. That's where the coaches are upset. Coaches realize, hey, the landscape's changed. Name, image, and likeness is here to stay. If we're going to apply it to high school, okay, great. We're going to have to deal with that now too. All right? The transfer portal is here to stay. But you have to have some form of the ability to police it, monitor, uh, to uh, govern it, and then have penalties that are so stiff, just like the NFL does with their collective bargaining agreement, that you would never envision, even think of doing something like tampering. Tampering is the biggest problem in college football right now. Everybody says it's name, image, likeness, and the transfer portal. No, it's not. It's tampering. And it, and it's, I mean, it's almost legal because, no, like, I haven't heard Look, of any situation where. A head coach of a, a program got dinged for yeah. tampering with a player on another program. Of course, H- hadn't happened. 
But you know you what's going that on. In the NFL, though? Of course not. No, oh, it's 100% illegal. Yeah, you're, you're done. done. You're, but you're here, done. Here, yeah. here's, here's what you hear from, like, the it's the same old, it's such a lame argument, but you have these people, and, the, and they convince themselves that the machine is out to get college athletes, and they're all about keeping them down and not letting them get paid. I haven't, I haven't talked to a single coach in football or basketball that's anti-player compensation. Not yeah. one. Not, not one. zero. But what I have heard is – You've got to have some structure. You got to have some guardrails. You, you want to treat them it. like pros, and you got to treat them like pro. Pros can't do this. So, but here, exactly. here's the lame argument, Tom. Here's what you hear. Oh yeah, well, coaches can just get up and leave. That's their Not whole for free. thing. Not for free. Exactly. There's buyouts. Buyouts. Right. Buyouts. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, but right. but that that's the only argument. All right, I, I know we're, we're short on time. I've got, yeah. I I really wanted to let you. Uh, promote what you're doing now. I think it's awesome that you're getting in this space. I can't think of anybody better to shed some light uh, on what's going on in the sport on a more regular basis. So tell everybody how to sign on and see this. <laughs> I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm trying <laughs> to get into this. There's a plug. The social media realm. No, listen, I've really kind of thought it. I've been, I haven't been a big you know self promoter. I haven't been a big work related social media guy. I do stuff with my kids and my wife, and I have my own mm-hmm. personal accounts. But I've just had everybody pushing me, dude, just go in there, do some shorts, man. Get some feedback, give some thoughts on what you think. And, um, you know, and I, and I, and I started really giving a lot of thought and I have to educate myself more on, on this side of it, but I'm just kind of working through doing some things. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do some short form stuff, some shorts, uh, on my YouTube channel, real Tom Luganville, um, Instagram, TikTok. I'm navigating through right now. Um, and things pop up, whether it's recruiting, whether it's college football, whether it's legislation that, I'd like to get some commentary or some comment or some critique or analysis. I'm going to do so um, kind of on an as needed and as, uh, you know, it fits type of basis and then hopefully be able to grow it and see if I can get people's attention with my take on sorts of some things. And so we'll see. We'll see where it goes. I'm just getting started off, but I'm looking forward to it. Well, I know I speak it's awesome for, stuff. Yeah, it is. And I know I speak for our listeners. If 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 Tom Lugan Bill's selling it, we're we're buying it. Uh we're we're all in on that. We'll keep tabs on that and maybe uh uh help join forces on that a little bit as well. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh Tom, as always, we appreciate you taking the time and remember, among all things, Hooper drives the boat, Chief. I value my head far more than three thousand dollars, Chief. For that, you get the head, the The tail, tail, the the whole whole damn damn thing. Awesome. Can't think of a better note to end on than Quint of Jaws. (laughs) Luke's always a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. See you, guys. Thanks for having me. You got it. He is the legend, Tom Luganbill of ESPN, of uh, a a number of things now. Uh, Whenever I have you, you and him both on, I'm like, these are two of the best player evaluators in the history of the recruiting space. He's so. better than I am, though. I mean, because he's done it like Tom can do. Like, here's the difference between Tom and I. Tom can can do like who's going like 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 I'm trained to do to project guys using draft stats and stuff like that. He can sit there and look at a specific program, Mike. Look at their offensive scheme, their defensive scheme. Look at their needs. And plug those in, like, mm-hmm. and he could also probably do a hell of an NFL draft board as well. And I'm yeah. not, I'd probably just flatulate if I did something like that. But uh, he is good, and yeah, it's good to talk talent with him. No, oh, it it is, and he's always had a good handle on the sport. Again, father was a coach, Lugs was a quarterback, uh, and and 
there are some people that cover this sport that truly look at it from all angles and want it to succeed. And then as we've discussed, there are others that truly feel like every time you read what they say or hear what they say, it's like, here's a guy that truly hates college athletics, but somehow yeah. is making a hundred grand to, to write about it or to yeah, talk why? about it. Yeah. Like, dude, nobody said you had to do it. If you really hate it that much, find another vocation. Find another vocation. Most of them are like big soccer fans too. That, that you know, you, you'll you'll see their tweets and and nothing against soccer. I love no, soccer. We love no, soccer. Yeah. Columbia. We're going to talk some soccer on ITG. Back, back that are center. Out there. So yeah, wing, nothing against the soccer, center. but but you can tell because you'll you'll get a tweet from them at eleven in the morning or eight in the morning. They're drinking a Guinness and uh, they're watching all fired up about you know Manchester United versus whoever and right and all that. And it's like, well, that's where your passion is, buddy. Yeah. That's, why, it's, it's, why are you, why are you, why, why you, you know, you write all this hateful stuff about college football and uh, I want to actually wonder what they thought about Ted Lasso. That's, that's kind of those two worlds collide. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. I'm glad we got to that lawsuit thing, Mike. That lawsuit thing's ridiculously. Uh, and we'll talk crazy. more about, I mean, basically yeah. what they, what they said, and look, I've said this before. I've had multiple coaches say, Mike, we're not, this is not NIL. We're buying players. If you want to be honest, we're, we're, we're buying players. Uh, that lawsuit just said the quiet part out loud. You are now allowed to, in the recruiting process, just come out and basically let the whole world know, ostensibly, we're buying players. And the NCAA can do nothing about it. Nothing. And some of these state laws, it's going to come back to bite them because I'm, I'm curious to see if there's any fine print in the law that says a collective from another school is barred by law from soliciting your players. I wonder if that's part of it. Because if it's not, that means so-and-so from the Classic City Collective in Athens can be on the phone with whoever from Florida or Georgia or Tennessee's players and be like, hey, man, what's up? Let's talk for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this basically, this, this was crazy. I'm never, I'm in the collective business. I don't really have the stomach to do anything like that <laughs> uh, unless it ends up being common. But uh, I just, I, I kind of have more respect for the game than to sit there and uh, try to poach other people's players, but um, might this but be I, part of the JC five potentially? Uh, it, it, it sort of is, but anyway, yeah, let's okay. just get to that. I, I'm sorry, I can, uh, I can go on. That was just something that I forgot. I, I thought about Sunday we were going to talk about, and yeah. then I completely forgot about it when we opened, like I always do, and so oh. I had to bring it up. Well, no, we <laughs> got it in, and we'll we'll touch on it more before we go to the timeout. I want to remind everybody when renting equipment, it's important to have a local, easy to do business. With friend in the industry who carries only the newest equipment and creates efficiency for you and your project job site, the team at SitePro Rentals can do just that. When reliability, service, and transparent pricing matter, you need to use SitePro Rentals if you want to do work with local, easy-to-do business professionals and are ready for better equipment rental. Call our friends at SitePro. That's 972-RENT-NOW, 972-736-866. Six nine for better equipment rental. That's Site Pro. Quick timeout. The JC Five on the other side. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons, and so the resurrection of it. You know, Paris, Kentucky. That's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans, where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. 
Listen up. This is for construction professionals, contractors, facility managers, or do-it-yourself homeowners. Cypro Rentals is ready to equip your upcoming project. We rent construction equipment for any size job. Boom and scissor lifts, telehandlers, skid steers, excavators, air compressors, generators, even small tools and equipment. SitePro has you covered. If you are ready for better equipment rental, call SitePro and rent from the local, friendly, easy-to-do business with equipment professionals. Call 972-RENT-NOW. That's 972-736-8669 to rent the newest equipment in the Atlanta market. Call 972-RENT-NOW or visit SiteProRentals.com. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998, or you can go to Elite Roofing. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's we time are back for, for the top topics in the sport. We bring the JC five number Mr. one. Announcer doesn't he doesn't just have great pipes. He's not afraid to be intrusive, and I respect that because he's passionate about introducing one of our favorite segments. You know it, you love it. It's become an international sensation, and often it will dictate the morality of a great nation. It is the JC five compiled by a staff of one. That is the great mind of Sherb Nation. Absolutely, Mike. Uh, Got to sit there. Okay, so Josh Pate's tweet. It was like, okay, so this is he's, he called it baked in to discussions. Baked in. It usually means it's like baked into the cake. Like you know, you got something's in that cake, right? Uh, and and I don't know. You know, Josh. Josh has his opinions, and he's well sourced. So I, I tend to kind of believe what he says. But he says the SEC and Big Ten are going to further expand, move into divisions have intra-conference playoffs, speculated that, you know, there could be SEC Big Ten brackets to see who gets in the playoffs to face the other schools in maybe a condensed version of the college football playoff with not as many teams, all this speculation. So I must just ask you straight up, SEC takes six teams. Who do you who do you think they should take? If you could have anybody within reason, not, not Notre Dame, but anybody sort of within reason uh, in, in kind of a contiguous state and all that. All right, let me let me understand this again. 
we're taking six teams from the Southeastern Conference for what exactly? To expand to 22. So we're adding six teams to the Yeah, ACC. actually, oh, yeah, okay. yeah, adding six teams. You know, like, so uh, with that bunch of ACC and, and then the Big 12 and then whoever else, uh, who 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 are you going to eye? Because if, if you're going to get six more, to yeah. that, that's what it takes to make – I think the Big Ten will go to twenty four at six right, more right. Uh, to get to those divisions. Uh, who who are you going to? So this who is are you pre- this is predicting the implosion and the decimation of the ACC. The ACC, right. and, yeah, they go the way of the pack. Um, like for years, I said the the Klyovkov doesn't know it, but it's the Titanic sinking, and he's still like telling the band what numbers to play and asking for another brandy <laughs> as opposed to actually getting the lifeboats out. Um, and yeah, and look, you're, you're, you're the, you're in charge. Like you're my charge Morgan, and I'm you're waving the one my wand. looking at, and, and this is not to piss any other programs off, but who is on Mike's yeah. list if he's Greg Sankey. Right. Because, well, you know, if, if I, if I believe the tea leaves and I say this with no inside source, let me stress that. Uh, if you read the tea leaves, Virginia and North Carolina are more of a priority than Florida state and Clemson. So that would be two, but if you're adding six, then maybe you throw in Florida State and Clemson and Miami, and then what? That would leave us with what? One more. Um, take your pick at that point. You know who who you're going with, right? Yeah. yeah to me, it'd come down to like: Are you going to take Virginia Tech, or are you going to take uh, NC State? Yeah, see, I get kind ner- of the same, you know. Right, I get nervous about a Virginia. Te- if I'm Virginia Tech, I'm like, are we going to wind up being Washington State and Oregon State programs mm-hmm. that everybody loves? Little engine that could, uh, heartwarming stories, great fa- fan bases, some recent tradition, but then when it comes down to the chopping block, you don't get in. Uh, the, the door is caddy barred and, and for, for, for whatever reason, justifiable or not, you're the odd man out. I, I hope that's not the case. I love Lane Stadium. I love Blacksburg. I love Hokie Nation. Um, but I wonder if, if you know, again, if we're adding six North Carolina NC State's a thing. Now, I don't think that this is anywhere close to happening, that many teams. That Just my opinion. I, I, I think that uh, the the – First off, in the case of Florida State, they don't have a landing spot right now. And, mm. and, and I, I, th- this whole notion that they're going to be able to break through that contract, uh, trust me, if they could have done it, they would have done it. They haven't done it. Uh, and then secondly, if they're going to pull out an SMU, put your, put your jewels on the table and say, I don't need your stinking money. Uh, we'll make our own. We got we got big boosters all over the. Well, first of all, that has not been the history of Florida State. Uh, if anything, it's been the opposite. And secondly, is is the SEC like, yeah, we'll let you in if you don't take any of our TV money? I don't know. I, I just I think there'd be some resistance to that. I I think I can't predict what the Big Ten is thinking. But they're at 18. The SEC, SEC is at 16. And, and I just don't know that in the immediate future, there's going to be major movement past that. Well, and, and you have to wonder, too, like, so if the Big Ten's going to expand, with the exception of heading south, um, they've got everywhere else in the country. Their presidents really want, like the academic people who are still living in fantasy land, in my opinion, really want a Stanford and Cal 
So did Stanford and Cal sign their grant of rights away till 2036 <laughs> when they joined up with the ACC? Right. That's a question. That's a, that's a legit question. You know? And I think, um, to your point, you mentioned the South. That's the only thing that's left. I mean, if the Big Ten is hell-bent on adding, they are basically taking a Conference USA approach. We might as well call this Conference USA. They have already basically told the world, geography be damned. We want brands. And that is a key to remember now. It's not market size. I, I hear people still using this antiquated. I, I tell you what, you know, the so-and-so's in a top 20 market. It, it's not about market. You could live in the, like Penn State is a brand. You ever been a happy valley? That ain't a big city. Uh, uh, you know, Alabama's a brand. You ever been to Tuscaloosa? It's it's not about the city of the of the the size of the city that the university resides in. It's about eyeballs on TV sets mm -hmm. and brands trump market size. That is what these conferences want now. And if the Big Ten wants brands, there's no question. Florida State is a brand. There, there, there's, no, there's no doubt uh, about Clemson is a brand. So if you want to go that route, uh, you can, and you can just again geography be damned. We, we're already all over the place. Uh, Greg Sankey's been like, hey, look at us. We're, in the, we're contiguous. All our states are connected. Uh, the Big Ten has already said, we don't care about all that. We, we're, we're flying charter flights across the country to play football games, and we'll figure the rest out when we have to figure the rest out. Yeah, it, it's gotten crazy. You know, you have to wonder kind of like a place like Georgia Tech, would they fit in? Well, that's uh, one. Just, I'm so glad just, you said that. Kind of so, get in. The, the, you know, they're going to be – everybody's going to say, oh, they got the Atlanta market. They, well, really? No, but they're not a brand. I, I Somebody said this on the show that I was on last week. Like, uh, Georgia, I can't – who could resist the market size of Atlanta? Atlanta is Georgia Bulldog territory. Georgia Tech, having lived in, in the Atlanta now for 14 years, is not even top five fan bases. Because you've got other SEC schools ahead of them. You've got Florida State ahead of them. You've got Florida, Tennessee ahead of them. And Georgia dominates the landscape of Atlanta. So when you hear, oh, Georgia Tech's got Atlanta, they're not a brand. They are not a, they're not in this discussion. They are, they are kind of uh, left over in the cold, if you will. They, they're not that much different than Washington State and Oregon State. And that they are not a brand. They just reside in a bigger city. But that's not what these particular conferences are looking for right now. And those that may bring up Rutgers in Maryland, I that back then, back it was then about that was the table. thinking. Yeah, right. yeah, and and, oh. and I think I think actually, although those two teams struggle, I think it's worked. I think it's worked for the Big Ten to get into those markets and and become the conference for the top northern fourth of the country. It's kind of crazy. All right, sleeper. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Number go ahead. two. There we go. It's official. Um. Mike, you love the NFL. Give me one sleeper quarterback for this draft in ooh. your mind. Ooh, I like that. Uh, look, everybody knows as part of Chief Sports, we're involved in another show, so I'm not just saying this uh, to please the masses because I don't roll that way. I, I, I call it like I see it. But I can tell you, if you get Spencer Rattler in the third round, uh, to me, that's a hell of a value pick. Uh, it, it just is. And the real only reason why he's slipping that far, yes, in, in a paper-thin margin of, well, this guy's an inch and a half taller, and this guy's a, a tenth of a second faster. Yeah, there is some of that when you stack up Spencer to the, to the top three, four guys that are going to go. But also, people saw this past season, and he didn't put up eye-popping numbers. Well, why didn't he? Because he had no offensive line. Very often, he didn't have much in the receiving core other than Leggett, who was hurt at times. 
and didn't have a great running game to work with, whereas some of those other guys were dealing with more uh, of a stacked deck and going up against weaker defenses and weaker conferences. That's just one name that that comes to mind. The wild card in all of it is Penix. Penix lost a lot of money in the national championship game because he looked bad, and he's had multiple surgeries on key joints in that body, and he's not young. So Penix, who at one point was like uh, considered a potential top ten pick, he could actually fall to the second round. He could that could actually be a thing, because I'm hearing McCarthy first round. Yeah, that JJ McCarthy who didn't who handed off more than he threw could be a first rounder. Bo Nix could sneak into the first round for a team that really wants a quarterback, and he is an athlete. Uh, so, but but I think that if you got Penix outside the first round, heck, I'm taking that. A Rattler in the second, third round, yeah, I'm taking that. Um, in terms of other guys, I'm trying to think, JC, of like what other like mid round guys are going. You know, who who's the ne- everybody's trying to find the next Brock Purdy type of guy. I, you know, I'll say, you know, I think a lot depends on his health long term. Uh, you know, Jordan Travis healthy, I think. Mm-hmm. would be a guy that, that surprises, you know, yeah. uh, and, and, and we have a long, long bunch of tape on Jordan Travis in college. We have Jordan Travis not looking very good <laughs> and we have Jordan Travis getting a lot better, uh, similar to kind of Jalen hurts in the passing game. Now Jalen, uh, won all the time and, and played for national championships and stuff. But I mean, there's a reason to beat him out because the passing game, he goes to Oklahoma, gets better. And, and lo and behold, look what he's doing with the Eagles. So, that would be my guy, but I don't, you know, I, I'm not married to it. Uh, I'm, this It's such a deep year for quarterbacks, uh, and, and I think they all deep. have awards. Uh, you know, people don't understand the J.J. McCarthy thing, but I do. <laughs> I, I don't care if he – he handed it off because why are you going to throw it when you could just run into right. people's behunkus? And I, I thought when they asked him to throw, he was on target and he can run himself. Uh, so I like it. I like him in, in, in the first – um, in a lot of ways, and I'm probably going against the grain on that. Well, I, I actually, I, I think you're you're spot on. I think he is going to go uh, first round, and a lot of people will be like, "Huh? How could that be? He didn't because of the of the reason you mentioned." Um, you know, if you want to take a flyer, you know, here's a guy that's going to go like fourth round. I mean, Sam Hartman was a pretty good college quarterback with two different places, mm, right? Yeah, Sam Hartman, you know, that's a good one. He, you might you might get Sam Hartman in like the fifth round, the fourth or fifth round. Um, athletic, you know, did play in a unique offense at Wake Forest. That'll that'll be a strike against him. But those are a couple guys that I could see outside the. I mean, it's not a steal if you get them in the first round. Yeah. Um, but but the, those are guys that I think will not go in the first round. Penix could possibly sneak out of the first round. So those would be some of the guys I would look out for. All right, sticking with the NFL. Three. Sorry, I got to get my timing down on that. You guys are just, they're not in sync with Mr. Announcer, man. I wonder if he takes that personally. He probably does. Uh, Should the bear, all right, so I'm going to stick with where you're at because you know about this franchise and I know about this franchise. I know about both franchises. They're two of my favorite franchises. Gun to your head. Should the, if the Falcons and bears want to do a deal for Justin Fields, should they do it? I said this on Atlanta radio last week when it, uh, field Yates of ESPN, he's one of those draft gurus. And he was saying, okay, here's what you do, Atlanta. You, you give up your eight pick number eight pick in the overall draft 
which you could get like a like a Dallas Turner perhaps out of Bama as a rush end, an absolute hellraiser. Um, or you could get a stud offensive lineman, or you could get one of the many stud receivers. But if you decide you can't get the quarterback you wanted eight, you give it to the Bears, right? And then you give up a first rounder, a second rounder in 2025. But well, we're not done yet. Then you give up a first rounder, a second rounder in 2026. The only thing that differentiates this trade from what the Panthers did to get Bryce Young, the Panthers also threw in their best wide receiver in the draft, uh, and on the team, rather. I don't think that's... A wise move. I'm not Dude. going all in on Justin Fields. I'm sorry. And, and I like. I think Justin Fields. You know, he gets a. I think Chicago should stay with him for one more year, mm. uh, just because I'm not sold on Caleb Williams. Uh, you know, you um, mentioned that a few times, and you're not I'm just alone not. on that. I, I'm there's, not. There's strong sentiment still that Drake May could go ahead of him. Well, that's not a. It's not a done deal. But, but you know how superstitious people are, and and the Bears went down in infamy drafting Mitch Trubisky from the University of North Carolina over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Uh, nine spots of uh, traded up. You know, I, no, they didn't trade up. Did they, they trade up to get Mitch Trubisky? I think they I, did. So anyway, I believe so, yes. Uh, that was, that's gone down. So, so they kind of look and they see the baby blue and they're like, oh, wait a minute. Nah, now Drake May's a different animal than Mitch Trubisky, certainly. But, uh, I, you know, if I'm the Bears, I'm sticking with Fields one more year and um, and I'm – I'm tra- I'm trading the pick for that type of thing. I don't think you can trade Justin Fields. I mean, I've seen some people speculate you trade Justin Fields and you get a second rounder this year and a fifth rounder next year. I've heard the same like thing. Not second a and a fourth. Whole, the Falcons trade the whole future of the franchise for Justin Fields. They are that is beyond. No, 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 not not for Justin Fields. I, if I, oh, for if Caleb. Spoke. For Caleb Williams. Oh, so to, they want to, the one. They're getting the yeah, number one. Yeah, for Justin Fields, it's like the, the best offer I've heard is a two and a four. Ain't, ain't nobody would, giving up first-round picks for Justin Fields. He hadn't proven anything. I would go, the, proven I would anything. go the, the Redskins. I would trade all these teams that need quarterbacks. If I'm the Bears, I'd trade with the Redskins so they could bring Caleb home because he's a D.C. guy, and I would, mm-hmm. I would trade. And then I would take Marvin Harrison. I would get myself in position to take Marvin Harrison. Well, that's the safest pick in the draft. Yeah, and then at nine – you go get an offensive tackle or defensive tackle or whatever. All right, we got to move on to number four. Okay. Number four. So, Mike, we had four. Somebody floated 14 teams out there for the playoff. Who's pushing this? Who, who decided uh, 14 was the number, in your opinion? Conference commissioners who want more teams from their conference to be in this thing. If they had their way, I'm convinced if Greg Sankey and, and Petiti had their way, there'd be no automatic bids. It'd just take the top 14 teams and it'd be loaded with SEC and Big Ten teams. Uh, but but that, that would piss off a lot of other people, and the threat of litigation would be there. And so what they're saying now, I think, is the feeling is two more teams, that's two more SEC Big Ten teams. Again, I'm not in that room, and they're not going to say that publicly, but that would be my guess. That's who's pushing for it. Yeah, I, I think so, too. 14 was just a weird number instead of 16 to me. It's just, it was almost like... Uh, we want more, but then we don't want the SEC, blah, 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 blah. So it's kind of weird. All right, so number five. Wrapping up, we've very familiar the last few years, uh, 20 years with Michigan, Michigan State as a rivalry. Mark D'Antonio had a lot of success against the Wolverines. Uh, that program fell on some hard times, bad hire, bad fire. <laughs> they got a guy named Jonathan Smith from Oregon State. I'm pretty high on, right, as a, as a more with less guy. Michigan also had a coach of chase promoted Sharon Moore in three years. Who's doing better in the eyes of their fan base, Jonathan Smith at Michigan state or Sharon Moore at Michigan. 
my fear is for Sharon Moore, who seems like a really good guy and uh, certainly was worthy of the hire. My fear is is that to to live up to what Harbaugh just did is going to be almost an impossible task. So you've now given people a taste, and you know my theory, when you show fan bases the high watermark, they now think that should be the norm. So they now believe that Michigan has arrived, and you just hand off the baton to the assistant, and he does the same formula that just won Michigan a title and just beat Ohio State three years in a row. And I don't think that's going to happen. So based on that, will Michigan have more wins in Michigan State? Yeah. But based on expectations, I would be more nervous about uh, that higher as opposed to what you got at Michigan State and you just followed a disaster. <laughs> like This is like when you're performing on stage, you want to follow the kid that you know wet his pants and can't carry a tune and got stage fright. I'm like, yeah, I could do better than that. I was nervous before, but now I can do better than that. Well, following Mel T- Tucker is like following that kid who just wet his pants on stage. So by the, by the uh, basis of your question, I'll say Smith and Michigan State. Ah, totally fair. All right, that does it for the JC5, and I guess our show, Mike. This that was fun. Does it. This is a lot of yeah, fun. this is always fun. Thank everybody again. You do a better job of doing uh, this than me, JC, but uh, I'll give it a shot. We're on everything. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on iTunes. We're on Google Play. Um, and we're on Spotify, which I think is our number one carrier in terms of how you people uh the the visual it's not about seeing us but it it is about just seeing some of the things that are concocted on the screen that i think are pretty cool so when i listen to a show or a podcast i like the youtube version but that's just me uh you can also check out the website jcandmorgan.com we'll start getting more into the the mailbox here in the upcoming weeks and we've got more great guests for you coming up our thanks again to tom luganbill our thanks again for all of you in the thousands throughout the national landscape of college football that choose us each and every week for jc for mad dog phil molinax mike morgan saying so long we'll see you next time on jc and morgan